Hello and welcome to the Boxing Life Podcast with me, Tony Jeffries. On the show today, we've got Mr. Six Figure Holmes and Mr. Kevin Watson. Boys, how's it going? It's good, man. Good to be back. Uh, home for about two weeks, taking care of some stuff with the family, but glad to be back. And Kev's got his tank top on today. He's got the guns out. Look size at that. Of them yeah. arms. His, his arm, lost, one of, of Kev's arms is like the width of my entire body. <laughs> I mean, but you are... You put both of bastard. my legs together, it's still not as wide as Kev's on. <laughs> yeah, so on this podcast, curl, we've got a lot of things to talk about. Uh, where we talk about, uh, we talk about the, the Pacquiao horn fight, what was uh, on the weekend. We talk about how Boxing Burns now been going for five years. That's since deal one at the boot camp. Right, Kev? Kev always says six years, but it was five yeah, years. Yeah, I don't know why, but maybe we, I'm the punchy one. I don't know. <laughs> maybe we talk about grassroots how grassroots about grassroots sports and how uh, when I was boxing and I'm like even now it happens all the time where people train for free you know it was I never said it it's, it's, it was 50 pence a week that's about 75 cents a week to train at my boxing gym wow that just shows that there were, it's that, probably still not far off right I think it's like a pound a session now yeah. so it's still it's still buttons that was in 1996 yeah right they're like train at the gym Tony Jeffries trained at three dollars a week <laughs> yeah it was 90, 96 right 96 oh, okay. when I uh, when I start boxing I thought it was 76 <laughs> you cheap looks like <laughs> <laughs> uh, then Glenn I tell the story about the transvestite that wanted to have a fight with us yeah I was dying for you to get that on the podcast because I was just Cracking up when you first told me. So everyone deserves to hear that one. It's a good one. Talk about a fighter's mentality, how a lot of fighters think they're going to be world champion when they're not. Mention about, uh, we talk about how Pacquiao, we compare Pacquiao with Muhammad Ali as well. Prince Harry, Prince Harry's done a podcast lately, not on this one, unfortunately. We'll try and get on him next week, sure, but <laughs> yeah. I don't think we will. He hasn't texted me back yet, but no, oh, text Do you know Brian Cullen knows him? <laughs> oh, he does? Yeah, Brian Cullen's got <laughs> Prince Harry on the text. Wow. Brendan was telling us, and like legitimately, as he met him in Vegas, I was wow. like, wow. Yeah, so I said, I said, Brendan, you need to get him on your Fight on the Kid podcast. Yeah, yeah. Then we talk about um, uh, more passive income. When Last week we talked about passive income. At the end of this show, listen to it, or fast forward to it, I gave it a better idea than I did off last week's podcast, how to make some money through Amazon and through blogging. This is the Boxing Life Podcast, episode 60. Enjoy. It's July 2nd, 2017. Five years ago today, we did our very first Boxing Burn boot camp down the Santa Monica Bluffs for free, for donations only. And fast forward five years, Kev, can you believe it? I can't. I can't believe, I've, I mean, I've been here six years, but I can't believe this has been going on for five years. It's Time flies. It's, it's really unbelievable to me, honestly. I, it scares me a little bit when I really think about it, because five years, I mean, that's half a, half a fucking, it's insane, five years. Half a decade, doing, yeah. and it's just flew. It's just flew. It's interesting because just yesterday I was talking to Rashad Holloway in this gym about when there was nothing in this gym, yeah. and we were talking to one of the front desk girls and explaining to her, there was no rings in here for three months and there was just a big long desk and we were mm. reminiscing about the days of sitting in here in November and December. It was freezing just with a desk, that was it. Yeah. And just a few dumbbells and some med balls waiting for some equipment to come in. <laughs> and then it, and then, uh, yeah, and then, and then a day later, you're posting the first class from the beach five years ago. So we're in kind of nostalgic mode right now. It's good. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, so in them five years, I... We didn't know what the hell was going to happen, did we, Kevin? We no, didn't. we right. didn't. 
I mean, we, I think we had a direction, but we did we really have a vision? I mean, we knew we, we wanted to create an amazing gym with a great community, but I, I, I could have never envisioned this necessarily, I don't think. No, just, me, me neither. It was like, let's just get this empty warehouse and see what happens. So, yeah. And that's what we did. And then we worked our asses off, but it hasn't even felt like it. For me, it hasn't even felt like I've worked that hard. Nah. But obviously, <laughs> obviously we have because, sure. because it's been that much you know, fun I was just going to say the reason why you feel like that is because you love doing it so it's you, you know you, what love is it doing you it, love what you're doing you never work a day in your life right love doing it and love the people that we do it with I think that's a, a big part of it oh know. definitely like training professional boxer or training as an amateur boxer it's hard yeah. you're working hard now I can remember how hard that work was mm. and this it doesn't even feel like it's been all work because then like it was a bit of a chore having to do all that graft, but but now this has just been so much fun and such an amazing journey with so many different stories and things that's happened. Yeah, you know it's been fantastic. And coming yeah. up, we're going to do a, a stories of the gym podcast, right? The, You're the dying top. to do this, aren't you? Yeah, <laughs> I keep pushing for it, but we still haven't done it yet. But let me know. I need to start. Uh, I need to start writing stuff down. Yeah, it's going to be a fun one anyway when <laughs> when we get around to doing it. Yeah, so, I mean, so in in them in them five five years, well. It, I guess we done the boot camp down the beach for like two months. With it, was it was until November when we first opened. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. Boxing Burn was a Halloween store before mm-hmm. we got it. The Halloween store moved out. We moved in. I remember. I remember. I don't know if you remember. This, the first the first night we actually t- transferred from the bluffs to the gym. Yeah, I it was raining outside. Yeah, it was pissing. Yeah. I was like, whoa, well, what's right, the, the winter was that? coming. It was getting dark early. We couldn't, you know, we weren't able to do the class. So it was like a, we got the place right at the perfect time. Yeah. I have a really vivid memory of that class uh, doing the warm up. I think I was off to the side watching yeah. Kev do the warm up. And I remember, like, stood right here looking out through that door, everyone doing lunges going down the gym and just torrential rain outside. <laughs> and I was like, shit, thank God we got this gym because we could have <laughs> done this outside. I remember. Uh, perfect timing. So then, Fast forward five years, after 18 months, let's do a timeline. After 18 months, uh, the gym was booming. We opened the second location in Brentwood. We were sued for over $200,000. <laughs> yeah, we got we got a letter through saying, was that before we opened Brentwood? Yeah. We got right around the same time, wasn't it? Yeah. It was right around there, yeah. I think, like I, think it was, I think it was $250,000 we got a letter through. Like some, quarter some damage disaster. We're getting fined quarter of a million dollars because we showed a Floyd Mayweather fight in the gym I wonder, on a, if, he, I wonder if he was responsible for the lawsuit <laughs> Floyd no his golden boy he was probably like oh they streamed it I want, it. I want, I want a piece of that it yeah. was the Guerrero fight wasn't it yeah I remember I was doing mitts in this ring and some guy in a suit walks up to me he goes are you Kevin Watson yeah he hands me this thick piece of pa- pa- pamphlet of papers I look at it it's a fucking litigation and I'm like what the fuck and I see it I read what the damages are for about, about I pretty much wanted to cry honestly I was scared Shit. to death <laughs> yeah 250 grand. So what happened was we were going to put the Mayweather fight on in, in the gym, or we did, and uh, we I tweeted out that we were showing the fight in the gym, put on Facebook, showing the fight in the gym. Then when it was coming to book the fight, it was like, I think I called them, and they, they said, oh, it's too late to put it in a commercial building right now. You can't have it. So I was like, shit, all these people's coming to the gym to watch the fight. <laughs> yeah. So I f- typed in boxing link, got it on the internet, obviously a legal stream, put it on the TV, Watching it, we had about 20 people there or whatever it was. And uh, a guy walked in, a random guy walked in and said, uh, Can we watch the fight here? We saw you guys were, were, were hosting to watch the fight. 
and we didn't think anything of it. We're like, no, sorry, this is just for this is just for in-house people, just for our members. And he walked in with his girlfriend and sent him out. Lo and behold, he was a private investigator out there taking pictures of the of all the cars and vehicles and license plates and pretty bizarre, pretty bizarre. Yeah, so I mean, <laughs> so scary that. And uh, you would never think it would happen, but in Elia, this shit happens, doesn't it? Yeah. So yeah. then we get that letter, and it was like me and Kev just thought like he thought he was going back to Kentucky, and I was the next player back to England. Uh, so luckily, Kev's client Lucas's dad is a top attorney and. Mm. Uh, he helped us out so much, saved us so much money. I think he was. I was actually training him that day when they they served me the papers, and Lucas said, "Oh, let me talk to my dad." I, can't, I think that's how it worked. I can't remember. I was and so he, lucky to have him. Shout out to Frank Meredith, man. He saved our life. Yeah, he did. <laughs> and then Amazing. we we went to the. We had to go to court. This is like fast forward, and we were shitting ourselves. We went to court, and then this big wanker bastard come in the room. <laughs> just a, just a fucking tool <laughs> with a mouth on him. He was the worst. Wasn't he horrible? And he was just—he was scary as well. He was intimidating. Yeah. But when we were nervous, we didn't know what was happening. And he was like, "All right." Anyway, he said he'd do us a favor, and he was like, so "We'll do you a favor, and we'll give you for fifty grand." I'm like, "What the fuck? What, what, do you, what do you mean? What do you mean?" And Frank did all his homework and all. That. He was like, "Nah, it's not happening." Anyway, cut the long story short, we managed to get it for five grand. Yeah. So we paid five grand to watch that fight in here. It just shows you what bullshit it is at the beginning, right? It's like, oh, 250 grand. Yeah. And the, the, how much money they're making off people's naivety and, and, yeah. and fear or whatever. And they're just like, oh, shit. And people do have the money to pay that. But, oh, yeah. okay, I'll just pay it. Get it off. Right. But when in reality, you're getting it. You feel like you ended up having to pay five. I mean, that guy had um, case after case literally stacked probably that day. Yeah. In that same settlement room. He, he probably had 10, 10 cases, 10 settlements that he was dealing with that day right. for that one fight. That's crazy. So he's just made 50, 50 Gs on that one fight. Right, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, well, yeah, I mean... Maybe, I'm, maybe more. If, if you didn't have an attorney like Frank, then we would have been paying 20 and probably thought we were getting off. Yeah. And so, even at that time, five grand, because the gym was still young then too, right? <laughs> you still brand, like a brand new. big chunk yeah. of change. So that was, that was within year one. Yeah. Then uh, 18 months in, we opened Boxing Burn Brentwood. Uh, I mean, there's so much that's happened in between then. Like, a thing pops to mind that Levi's commercial yeah. that I did and then everyone else was on and then all sorts of other crazy shit's happening and it's been a, a really good journey then in 2015 we started the Boxing Moon Academy which we talk about all the time on this on the show and was it 2015? Yeah I think it was yeah, the end of 2015 so. and now we're just uh, look like I said looking to open number three gym and I don't know where the future's going to go but we know that this is just the very start yeah. like mm -hmm. Absolutely. The yeah. very, very start. Uh, so, yeah, that was five years ago today on the 2nd of June. Uh, boxing fight last night, the 1st of June, Manny Pacquiao versus oh. Horny. Horny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Is it John Horn? Jeff. Jeff, Jeff, Jeff Horn. What a fight that was. It was. In, in Australia, in Brisbane, uh, in a stadium with 55,000 people sold out. And, uh, outdoors as well it looked like a fantastic event yeah it looked amazing really well put on event just before we touch on the Pacquiao and, and Horny fight um, <laughs> it was good to see a couple of lads that we know who come into the gym Shane Mosley Jr who actually works in the gym teaching mm. our boxing burn classes fought on the undercard lost the decision and then Mick Conlon who trains with Stephen at the Brentwood gym mm -hmm. huge prospect Irish prospect Olympian Looked uh, looked good and got his guy out of there in three rounds. But it's yeah. good to see 
two lads that we know and close to on, that, on yeah. such a huge event. You know? It's a very cool feeling. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we don't even think about like stuff like that until you said it's not a. It is a big deal, but it's it's it just goes over our head now because that much shit happens in the gym. We've just yeah, two true. two guys in who comes to the gym just fight on one of the biggest cards of the year, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like we don't even really think kinda, about it yeah, that, yeah. that much because that sort, sort of shit. I, I was I was watching it at a, at a spot in in Santa Monica at the at Burgers and Brews. Yeah, I was with you. Yeah, but before you got there, Shane was fighting on TV. All oh, right, and there's some guy, and this made me think about something. There's some guy like a couple of tables away. And he's going, oh, that's uh, Mosley Jr.'s kid. I heard he's real shit like this. And he's not, he's not his dad and all this. And just kind of mouthing off. And I'm like trying to, you know, just watch the fight like this. I'm like really into it. And I'm just, I just thought about how people just open their mouths really loud in public. And they don't think like who could be listening to this. No. And the same thing today. I was, I was in Hermosa Beach having some lunch and some two, two guys really loud having a discussion about politics. And they're slagging off this politician slagging off this politician. I'm just thinking, they have no idea like who they sat next to. I, I could be like the son of one of those politicians mm-hmm, right. or like the dad or what, you know what I mean? It's like, did people open their mouths without really thinking who's around? It reminds us of the film Notting Hill. Have you seen that? No. I've seen Notting Hill that, with Hugh Grant. That's uh, Hugh Grant. Yeah, yeah, with yeah, Julie so. Roberts and he's sitting with Julie Roberts on a date that. and all that. <laughs> it's a great film. And there's some blokes on the table next to him saying, oh, fuck her, oh, slag and all that. Yeah. And he's worried and he goes out and he says, listen boys, I thought she's a nice woman. Don't be seeing that. And they start ripping him. And yeah. then Julie Roberts comes around the corner. I'm like, ah. Yeah. Star Trek sort of reminds of that. Anyway, <laughs> let's get back on to the horny fight. So, yeah, Pacquiao Horn. What a fight. What a fight. When we were all sitting there before, we're like, ah, this is going to go two rounds. Pacquiao's going to knock him out. Who mm-hmm. the hell is this Horn guy? He's, he's never started boxing until he was 20 years old. Or his first fight, he was 20 years old. He's 28 now. He's got no chance with Pacquiao. See him with his trainer. <laughs> the trainer move. <laughs> that was the first thing we Billy all laughing at. That, that trainer was out there. Yeah. And Tony, before the fight, showed me a picture of him doing the media workout. And he's yeah. like, look how shit this guy is on the mitts. mitts. Yeah. And he's like, like this, like terrible mm-hmm. mitts. But my point was, I said, cover up the trainer, right? And watch his punches. Yeah, yeah. And his he, punches yeah. were like, Same. you know, yeah. it, was, it, was in the, it was weird because the mitts looked really shit. But yeah. he, the punches were like right where they needed to be for yeah. someone like Pacquiao. Yeah. But then um, when, when he's on the ring walk, it was classic. <laughs> he, was, he was like, he was dumbfounded. Like, he was so excited. Yeah, like, Tony's Snapchat, best day ever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, we were thinking, oh, no, like, but... I think the reason why we thought it was going to end fast, did you thought it was going to end fast? Yeah, you know, honestly, I didn't. Once I saw that the size difference, I mean, did you not think that Horn was a lot bigger than Pacquiao? Oh, yeah, I didn't see the size difference until they were in the ring with each other. Yeah. I just seen the records and on did, paper. Did yeah. they give the on the night weight on the broadcast? I didn't see it. Because Horn must have been at least 160. He was yeah. huge in there. He looked, he looked a lot bigger. Yeah, so the thing, the, the, the reason why I thought Pacquiao was going to destroy him because when I think of Manny Pacquiao, I think of him fighting Ricky Hatton and mm-hmm. how sharp and how fast mm-hmm. and elusive he was in that yeah, fight. Yeah. So I thought he's going to... You forget about them getting old when you don't see them, you know, for so long. Well, I, th- I think there's a, that's definitely a factor, but what I was impressed with was the movement and awkward style of Horn. Yeah. He, he was... It, different angles and really? constantly moving his head and he was on, his, on the bounce the whole time and Pacquiao couldn't get his timing down. Yeah. First, I'd say first half of the fight, I, I, maybe Pacquiao won round. I know it's a huge thing now that everyone's saying Pacquiao got robbed but Horn was just so awkward. He was moving everywhere and Pacquiao couldn't get his timing down at all. Yeah. He didn't have a clue how to 
get close to him or time him, and, and it was. He just was overpowered, really I think, as well. And like he he yeah, ran some shots, but didn't. Definitely. I mean, yeah, his face looked bad at the end of the fight, but like mm-hmm. it, you never. He looked really tired. In, what was it, ninth round? Yeah, he started to tire towards. And, the end, and Atlas was saying it was a ten eight round. I was like, I don't. How can you give someone a ten nah, eight round? Right. Like, no, nah, I don't. Not that at all. But so round. we we watched it in in the restaurant in the bar and we couldn't hear anything we were like whoa patio's getting beat another round he's got beat another round he's got beat right wow and then terry atlas's scorecards come at the bottom i was like what he had him like five six rounds up, yeah. and everyone was like what that's crazy and then he won another round patio won a couple rounds it's like he's definitely won the fight and then he won the fight and i put on twitter then everyone was like why are you fucking shoot yeah, have you been drinking tony you, i'll get loads of shit like it's like huge people everyone's seen, saying he's got uh, uh, it's huge there's like hardly anybody saying that horn won the fight mm-hmm. i was just like i'm i'm confused because i think i had pacquiao win in the second round and then maybe maybe three towards the end there was like that one big round where he really hurt him, right and he started getting landing some big shots towards the end yeah. but overall i thought he got i think he got out fought yeah and then for him to come back in the 12th round which even atlas said Horn won the 12th round after having that ninth yeah. round. Mm-hmm. You didn't think there was any chance, but because after the ninth round, I was like, all right, yeah, we're going to see. I mean, if Pacquiao takes these last three rounds, you know, I think he's got it. But Bradley said it. You all couldn't hear, but Bradley said, I think as Atlas was talking, Bradley's like, I think this fight's a lot closer than you think. Yeah. And Atlas got so worked up, but yeah. I was like, I agree with, with Bradley. I think, I mean, the first half of the fight, like you said, Pacquiao maybe got one or two rounds, but then you give. You give two, even two or three rounds to, to Horn at the second half of the fight, he still wins that fight. And a lot of people are getting caught up on the, the, the punch numbers, the, the, yeah, the punch right. count. And you know, it, it's almost double the amount of pack. It was, I think, about double. But that was always going to be the case. Land. He's always right. going to be a, a busier fighter. Of course. It's but like, how, how effective were, are those, were those punches? Shots? Yeah. And apart yeah. from that, that round where he wobbled him, I, I think mm-hmm. Horn was pretty much walking through them straight right. left hands. Lennox Lewis tweeted out saying, uh, this is what's wrong with boxing. This decision's what's wrong with boxing. It's terrible and all that. Yeah. Pacquiao should have won that fight easy. And I was like, what? Can't believe that. But here's the thing, right? Even if you think it, it was robbed, it, it was rigged or robbed or whatever, like, why would they take it from the guy who's probably the most marketable fighter, at least top five most marketable fighters out there right now? If mm-hmm. anyone's going to get robbed, it's going to be Jeff Horn because it's in his hometown, yeah. right? That's what and I if thought. It's a, in either way, whether you, it was it was a close fight, it wasn't mm-hmm. like you know. I think it was a pretty close fight. It was competitive. Yeah. So like, if you think someone's going to get robbed, it doesn't make sense to rob Pacquiao because he's the one that's going to go on and and have the big pay per view money fight. See the size yeah. them cuts in Pacquiao's head. Yeah. The oh, blood yeah. was everywhere. Yeah. One was of a head clash and one was of, of a punch. Yeah. Massive. Was it a cuts. punch or elbow or a forearm maybe? Oh, was it the second one? I'm not sure. I I, I thought it was a punch, but it was two big, massive cuts in his head. I was impressed by how aggressive Horn was. He roughed him up. He just didn't give a shit. I'm a little surprised, I think, that it was a unanimous decision. I'm surprised that one person didn't see it Pacquiao's way because it was a super close fight. Yeah, it was a close fight. I really don't think it was a a blowout either way, but um, that surprises me a little bit. And that's what pisses me off with these close fights. When everyone comes back on social media saying, oh, he was robbed, this is a disgrace for boxing. Mm -hmm. What the fuck are these judges watching and all this? I'm like, it was a close fight. Very rarely do you get a complete shutout and then your decision goes the other way. Every time everybody complains about robbery and all that shit, it's usually a competitive fight. That's that's what's... What ruins boxing? Everyone who's complaining about yeah. it. 
Because yeah. if you don't know and you go like, oh, it's been another bad decision, you know, that's yeah. what kills it. Yeah. Just in general, the whole, the whole, I mean, I know it was great that this fight was free, but it was on ESPN, which is one of the biggest sports networks worked in the world. It was, couldn't have been worse production. Oh, they yeah. were, the, the, the timer the they had on there was, was, was still was going off. when the bell was yeah. going yeah. off. On every they fight. were coming on back to the fight. fight when it actually had already started. Yeah. Teddy Atlas is a clown. He's senile. He needs to, he needs to, for he sure needs to go. Trauma. Like he's as, awful. As Brendan would say, for sure brain trauma. Yeah, he, he was, he was, uh, it sounded like he was giving Timothy Bradley a hand job on the table, honestly. Like he, it's disgusting. <laughs> the way yeah. that he worships Timothy Bradley. Right. He's like, you look so good. You're so professional. And I'm like, oh my God. Yeah, it's, crazy. it's disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's one of the bad things about boxing with the, with the decisions. Now. But at the same time, it's getting people talking about it. So it maybe, maybe it's, it's not so bad. The, the thing that disappointed me on the, just uh, going on the production thing, how long we had to wait for the fight. Yeah. I was like, no, no wonder this isn't yeah. pay-per-view. This is ridiculous. And the commercials in between rounds. Yeah, there was like you want to see three undercard fights, and yeah. then it was like another fucking hour It was ridiculous, that. yeah. You know what, what I want to talk about as well? I was talking to a fighter uh, the other week, and he, I was saying, oh, how, I think he's, he's had like five fights, and he's lost two. And I was, I was talking like, oh, so what's your goals? And I went, oh, to be world champion. And I was like, all right, I went, do, do you think that's possible? You went, Oh yeah, one hundred percent. It's definitely possible, and I was thinking it—it's not possible. Like it's—it's—it's it's, it's not. It's just not. He's already lost like three fights. Yeah, I mean, you—I mean, that's not the beyond Eldor, but it's—but I think with boxers, they look at things in an unrealistic way. I honestly never thought I would have been a world champion if my hands never got better. I think I would have probably won a British title, maybe a Commonwealth title, but. World champions a total different pedigree, and yeah. with boxers, I, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. I think it, I think it could be a bad thing if you're not smart enough, you mm. know, because you get damaged and hurt. But at the same time, I think if you're going into a fight and you're honest with yourself, you're going to get knocked out because I think deep down, boxers do realize like this guy's probably better than me. But the minute that you tell yourself that. And if you're really honest with yourself, and you're you lose, not, yeah. not I'm, I'm up against it here, this guy's better than me. If you go in with that mentality, you're going to probably get knocked out, right? But whereas if you go in with the mentality, like, nah, I'm going to fucking beat him. like, And, and you kind of kid yourself a little bit into that confidence. Right. That's how you, you, you overcome that. Yeah. If, if that makes sense, it's kind of yeah, it does. You kind of got to lie to yourself a little bit yeah. whilst being honest. You just with don't the same see thing. it. Sorry. You just don't see it though. There's, there's like, there's not much parity in boxing. Like, when do you see upsets now? You don't. Mm. Like, what's the last upset you can remember? Well, last I night. mean, last <laughs> night. But like, but like, uh, uh, aside from that, it wasn't that much of an upset. Like, once you saw the size difference, right? And like, yeah. was it really that big of an no, upset considering Pacquiao's age? And Horn was way better than. I Most people thought, yeah, yeah, for sure. So, Tony, Tony, I, I don't know if, well, me personally, I couldn't lie to myself. I would think, I've thought before, this guy on boxing is better than us. Yeah. But if I can do this and do this, yeah. and then I'll be able to beat him. But I've right. never been the one who could really see who could lie and say, I'm going to be the world champion. Well, that's be the best smart, ever. though, because you're thinking about strategy to beat him. Mm -hmm. You realize someone's better than you, but I know there's a strategy to beat him. Right. But, but That's he, smart thinking. But even with them, I mean, I've been in fights before where it's like, I think, fuck, how, how can I... Like, I'm not going to lie, the, the Olympic uh, semi-finals against Kenny Igney beat us once, he'd stop us with a cut on my eye. Southpaw, real good. I was like, fuck, how, the, how can I beat him? I didn't really know if I could beat him. Mm. I thought, you know, and 
for a boxer to say that, it's it's very uncommon. Oh, it's, it's rare, yeah. It's totally. rare, but like I've been realistic. If I th- if I thought if I said to myself, I can beat him, I can beat him, I can beat him, does that mean I can beat him? Does it? I mean, it gives you it gives you an edge for yourself. But I think I mean, you think of in other sports too. If you, I mean, I know you guys don't watch college basketball, or but just think about a playoff environment where you know there's seeds and you end up playing you're playing the first, number one seed but you're an eighth seed mm. this team's clearly going to be better than you they mm. had a better record they beat better teams they're, they're better but like all you have to do is be better that night right on the it's, day it's, right? a, it's a you exactly. know it's there's no if you can tell yourself that and buy into that you yeah. don't necessarily have to believe that oh we're better if we played them or fought them nine times out of ten uh, but if we it's just this it all it's just one night it's just one fight yeah. and and the better opposition if they have an off night and you're right. you're on your game you know exactly. that can always you get, swing you get a lot of journeymen as well who think like they're going to do well in boxing mm-hmm. but they never do they'll get beat and they'll come back and they'll get beat and they'll get beat and you you've heard that everyone's heard this saying like never give up keep going i think i think some people should give up yeah. You know, yeah. you should find something a different career, especially in, in when the career the like game. Never yeah. give up. Yeah. 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 Like, so, uh, you time. know, all, all like you see all them quotes on Instagram, like, never give up, never give up. And, all this. and the first thing that I think of when I see that, I just think bullshit. I'm like, well, never give up until you realise you're wasting your time. Then give up. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's a great quote. Do you know what I mean? That's a fucking like, great quote. Because there's a well, point like, where you've got to yeah. give up because you're like, fuck, I'm wasting my time. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's what my dad, my dad, well, this is a quote that's similar. It's like, everything happens for a reason. My dad said, well, yeah, everything happens for a reason, but it may not be a good reason. Right. Like, it's, it's, it's like, sure, let's be optimistic and all that, but like, you know, not, not everything happens for a good reason. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> but it, it just gets to the point of delusion. Yeah. My mom yeah. says that as well. Everything happens for a reason. I'm like, it doesn't. It doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't happen for a reason. I mean, that, that's a that's a that's a great way to make you feel better if something yeah, bad sure. happens. Yeah, yeah. But you know, or if you if you believe there's a creator and that he's scripted all of this, like, yeah. If you want to get really philosophical about yeah, it, but like, yeah. I don't. I nah. mean, it's, it's not for me. <laughs> I was listening to a podcast uh, the other week with Prince Harry. You know, Prince Harry Kev. I know so, he is. You yeah. sent me this podcast, and I, ne- I never I so still haven't listened to it. Yet. He, it's the first time he's spoke openly about his mother, Princess Diane. I think you were telling me about it. And yeah. she, she was like one of the, at the time she was the most famous person, most ph- photographed person in the world. Yeah. And he, she died when he was, I think, around seven or eight years old. And he suffered badly with uh, depression or he was keeping everything held in. Not so much depression, he was just held everything in. Yeah. Which in the long term, it got to him and it, and it, it started depressing him and all that. Right. You know, because... He said as well on the podcast that imagine, it's hard to imagine that like, his mom was the most famous person ever and everyone spoke to him about the death of that, his mom. So yeah. he couldn't go anywhere without it. So he blocked it, blanked it out of his mind. Yeah. And as soon as he started talking about it, it, it kind of made him feel better. Yeah. But when he was in that bad state of depression, the one thing that helped him a lot, do you know what it was? What? Boxing. Really? Boxing training. Yeah. I didn't know that. Um, and he, he, he gave so much credit to a boxing fitness training and it was just really not obviously not spawn but it was just really interesting uh, and great especially being in this business to, yeah. to know that someone like him is giving credit to boxing I mean, we've heard similar stories I mean obviously no one's dealt with a tragedy like that comparatively oh, yeah. but like we've had people that come in here that that have told us before, like it, this is a game changer it's a life changer for them you know they were depressed they were overweight they were just not happy in a bad relationship but like this just gave them that 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 ability to kind of move forward and, and to kind of get out of that rut in a sense. I think it's, yeah, definitely. it's, it's a positive thing about, about, about boxing. Yeah, well, definitely. Because uh, when, you, when you're boxing, I mean, I'm, I've been doing it for that long now. I'm kind of past that now. I'm sure you two might be as well. 
but when people are boxing it makes them think about nothing else they're mm -hmm. just thinking about Being getting that perfect punch yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. living for that one moment mm -hmm. so that's why it's so good and if you've listened to this and you've never boxed before you should give it a try it's like you get into that flow state and what they call it like you you mentioned about skiing before you yeah get to that flow you're not thinking about anything else other than not falling over and fucking dying yeah, you know? right totally. and so it's, i think that is an escape and it's a powerful thing yeah so i mean you should listen to that podcast if you just if you just uh, type in iTunes, Prince Harry, that podcast, it's very interesting. It's good to know. Glenn's dying for me to tell this story about this transvestite, aren't you? Okay. Go ahead. I don't know if I tell you this, Kevin. Go on, I don't think so. So it was when we're in, I went to <laughs> Miami with my family a couple of weeks ago, and I was in a lift, an elevator, and we had the, the, the big stroller in there, the buggy mm -hmm. in there, two seater. I had jeered, and it was tiny, and we were squashed, and there was this. Figure, it opened, the door opened on floor, floor three, <laughs> and there was this figure. And I looked from down up, and I was like, Nice legs, nice oh. body. Oh, look at the body on this one. And I was looking up, scanning it up like that. Nice set of tits. And it gets, <laughs> gets up at the head, and it's just got a get big fucking head with a big, a big Adam's apple and all that. I'm like, Shit. Anyway, this he, she had a big bike, and uh, she'll so call it a he or a her. Well, she tried to get in the lift and I was like, oh, there's, there's not enough space. And she went, yes, there is. And she tried to squeeze and it like passed me, Jade, me kid. I was like, I didn't mean to see it, right? But I went, mate, I'm telling you, there's not enough space. <laughs> he called him mate. I called him mate. Anyway, the, the lift started uh, closing and as, as it just about closed, she went, you fucking asshole. But then the lift... Jane must have put a hand in front and then it opened up again. <laughs> <laughs> it opened up and, she, and she's telling us and she's quiet like that. And then uh, it shut again. And the uh, exact same thing happened. You fucking asshole. And the lift opened again. And uh, like I was twice. like, what, what, what did you say? What did you say? She went, you fucking asshole. And then it closed. And then we went downstairs. Anyway, the, 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 the tranny come downstairs. And, Were you scared? Eh? Were you scared? <laughs> no. I mean, from, from neck down, we're talking a high nine. But from fucking neck up, it's, oh, like, it's, like it's like a two, you know? <laughs> so I'm downstairs in the, uh, in the reception area, but then I did get nervous because she come down with a bike and then she had another three tranny friends there. Oh, shit. And they were all standing there staring at us, like giving us a dirty look. And all get that. your ass like, kicked by a fuck. Uh, my crew of trannies. So this anyway, is Miami or Disney World? This is Miami. <laughs> this is Miami, oh, yeah, okay. Miami. Uh, so that was me. That was me crazy story. That's freaky. That I don't like. If someone got aggressive with me like that, though, I'd be like, I'd with the kids there as well. I'd be hard pressed to keep you cool in that. Yeah. If someone calls me as a fucking asshole to me face. Like, I mean, when you haven't even done anything. Don't like, get me wrong. He or a she, whatever the fuck it is, if it comes near us, I would have jabbed it straight in the fucking face. <laughs> and put it straight to sleep, straight left hand. So, <laughs> but I never done that. Uh, yeah. So that was the story about that. Nice one. <laughs> like, well, what's next? <laughs> uh, so, uh, <laughs> what do you mean? What do you all? Okay, so but before the Pacquiao fight, they were doing this thing leading up to it, and they they were com comparing Pacquiao globally has the impact of someone similar to like a Muhammad Ali. What do you guys think of that? Is that absurd? I, I don't know. Well, I, I, never, I never heard it. I never heard what he said. But yeah. if it's boxing wise, I know Pacquiao has won titles at eight different weight right, divisions right, right. that no one else has done mm -hmm. and in the philippines he's done more for the philippines than i think anyone else has ever done every right. time he fights but, it's a national holiday right yeah. but worldwide i mean it's you kind of compare what muhammad Ali's done i mean yeah. i don't think anyone's much done that much 
in I just sport. think the the icon that Ali was and what he stood for, you know, like as as a whole across across the globe and and what he did for people and the human and the civil rights movement and all these things and standing up for what he believed in and you know go, not going to a war that he didn't believe in and and not transforming it and and just being a a a part of of the the machine that is the United States like he he put his foot down and, and had his and I think that resonated across the globe and I don't I don't I think that it was unfair to to compare them because I, I don't think Pacquiao's done anything on that scale across the world. I mean, yeah. sure he's done some things, but he's he's also said some things recently. I mean, to make him lose sponsorships and all that. That why did he lose his sponsorship one night? I think he came out and said something about he said all gay people or what did he say? Is, is yeah, he he's like off like gay yeah, people. It's said not like, something you should say, especially when you got sponsorship like Nike. Yeah, <laughs> he lost Nike. Who's he sponsored of, by now? I saw the the uh, brand that he had on last night. I had no idea what it I'm was. Not sure, it's like some. Uh, I see. Cheap I heard he cheated on his missus a, a few. Might be a few years ago. Now yeah. I see about that. Yeah. But then, but then he found God and everything was alright. Yeah, yeah he makes him a better person, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> How much that? Uh, but no, I think what Muhammad Ali, Muhammad Ali done was fantastic, and it's going to be so hard for anyone to ever be able to, to yeah. do what he did. You know? mm -hmm. Yeah, it just I don't know. It rubbed me the wrong way, so I figured I'd ask you guys what you thought about it. So, it so just to. Close out on the Pacquiao thing. What What do you think's next for him now? Do you think he'll take the rematch? There's people saying if he, he won, is he going to call out Mayweather again? But obviously not. If he, I think he'll rematch him. I think yeah. I think he'll get a rematch. Horn will take the payday. Horn's laughing now because <laughs> it's going to take a lot of money to get him out of Australia, and he's got a belt. Yeah, you know, and plenty of people will be queuing up to fight him. Pacquiao will go there and fight him again. I bet. Yeah, I think I'd he'll like definitely to see a rematch. Him. I thought it was one of the most entertaining fights I've seen for a sure. long time. I seen Chris Van Eden call him out last night. Pacquiao. Uh, no. Oh, Horn. 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 Really? Yeah. That's not happening, though, is it? Horn's like a household name now in Australia. Yeah, uh, I think that Pacquiao fight will be huge again, even bigger next time if he yeah. fights him again. Yeah, I think so. Uh, but I would, honestly, after seeing that fight last night, I would like to see Pacquiao retire. Because, uh, like, everyone says that Pacquiao won the fight, but I really didn't. And I, I, I was sad in there because I wanted him to win because I mm. like Pacquiao. But I'd hate to see old fighters like Sir Roy Jones who done it and then even Bernard Hopkins when mm -hmm. they go that one step too far and they yeah. get badly hurt. So that's why I would like to see him hang on them up. If anyone yeah. still thinks that Pacquiao won that fight like by, by loads and it was complete robbery, I'd challenge someone to watch it with the sound off yeah. and, and then see if you still think the same. Because I, I, I really think great. that Teddy Atlas and ESPN's yeah. coverage was a huge reason why everybody yeah. thinks yeah. he won I couldn't, I couldn't, from, from the get-go, even on the other fights, I couldn't stand and listen to him. And it, it was just awful. The whole production was just terrible. I think he, he really did the production and those fights a disservice. Yeah. It was terrible. Uh, Do you know who broadcast it in, in England? Or in uh, Box, Box, Box Nation. Box Nation broadcast right. it. And you know Steve Bunce, the commentator for there, who's yeah. been around boxing forever, yeah. he had home winning by three rounds. There you go. Yeah. Uh, so I, one thing I've got to talk about as well is about amateur boxing clubs. I, I get asked often from England if if you train, if I train fighters. And I'm yeah. like, no, nah, I don't know. And I, and I see it and I feel bad for seeing it, but like, there's no money in it. Yeah, there's there's not, and I feel the reason I feel bad seeing it because if it wasn't for people who train people for no money, I wouldn't be where I am today. Because right. all of all of amateur boxing clubs and all my trainers and all all amateur boxing trainers, yeah. they're voluntary. They do it for free because they love it. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, so I feel bad on on seeing that I'm not training people for free. Right. I'll, I'll train boxers, um, but I think it's just 
different visions, you know. It's the I'm sure it's the same with basketball, is it? The, the grassroots, the pe- people train them for free? Uh, I yeah, know. I mean, the AAU circuit and the, the, the amateur circuit as far as high school, yeah, there's not a lot of money there. Um, but if you if you happen to at some point work with a prodigy and that, you know, that person loves, I mean, it can certainly open a lot of doors for you as far as getting into the college game. There's a lot of money there. And college basketball is amateur sports. If I don't, right, I wouldn't yeah. really consider it amateur sports. I think they at some point should be getting some money for the amount of money they bring in for the universities. But uh, there's a lot of money there. And obviously, I don't know. I mean, but yeah, at the grassroots level, no, there's not. And it's I, definitely got a, it's, it's a lot of dads coaching their, their yeah, sons yeah, and, yeah. and their Sunday league schools or uh, Sunday league uh, um, uh, leagues and stuff like that. But it's definitely, it's just got to be a passion thing for you. Yeah, it's a way definitely. to kind of give back to your community. So, and I think also there's a lot of ambition and hope with boxing training, amateur yeah. boxing trainers that they're going to, to get these lads through the doors and work with them, work with them and mm. eventually they'll find someone who's going to be a world champion. Just look not at the, really. look at look at. I think in the back of the mind there is though. No, no, I don't. I don't like, really. Look at I the really guy don't that trained Horn, the guy that we've mm. been making fun of his mitts and shit. You know, and he's been with Horn since day one. He yeah, those amateur, are anomalies, but I mean, he people don't realize 18. that. Yeah. I guarantee when he was coming up as an amateur and then he started and then he turned over to pro that he's thinking like, I'm uh, this is my my project here I'm going to get this guy for I mean, a world title maybe Australia is different but it's, it's very rare that, ha- that happens like, oh it's rare uh, but I think that's in, like a in, dream in my amateur boxing club not, not one of the trainers mentioned about training me as a pro I don't know one of the one Olympian whose amateur boxing trainer went and when the term pro right. it's a, which I think they should Yeah. because that's the problem like the first thing the, an example that comes to mind is Frankie Gavin he went back to his amateur oh, coach when he was, t- when he was pro after he got beat yeah because the, the, that what happened with me and all my experience, I went from training as an amateur to the professionals, and then all of all of a sudden, no one taught me of the the difference, and I started mm. trying to change my boxing style on here and about you need to plant your feet and yeah, throw yeah. the punches instead and, of just sticking to what you were good at. Yeah, which the amateur boxing coaches know. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, but so that would be good, but I think. They do it just for the passion and just because they absolutely just love doing it, part it, which yeah. is amazing. Yeah. Uh, do you think that's a necessary change, though, to go from amateur to pro? I mean, it's a different style of sport. It is a sport, but different style of boxing. It is. Yeah. It's, a, it's definitely a different style. And I remember one of the best amateur boxing coaches I worked with, Dave Bins, uh, from, he's from Leeds, but he lives in Pete Lane. Now, he, he always said, if you can beat someone up for four three-minute rounds or four two-minute rounds, you can beat them up for 12 three-minute rounds. It's, it's just, just getting your body conditioned to do yeah, that. Totally. If it's, and the reason why they say you can't, as a pro, don't be on your bouncing back and forwards on your toes, doing all your fancy footwork, is because you get tired. So Where he's basically saying, that's bullshit. Yeah. You just need to condition yourself to be able to mm-hmm. do it for longer and you'll Look, be able to do it. Jeff Horn last night, prime example. The yeah. first three, four rounds, I was like, if he can keep this up for 12, he'll win this fight. Yeah. And he, he, he did. He was yeah. still kind of, he was hurt in the later rounds. Wasn't yeah. he, was still he had a few rounds, yeah, but he, he went back to that, I think, yeah. in the last two rounds, right? And then uh, the I just watched the Ryan Burnett fight, who just won a world title back in, in Belfast. Same thing. His first round, he's so sharp like this. Another mm. Olympian, so sharp and fast, and mm. he maintained that for twelve rounds. Won, won the mm. fight, won the world title. Yeah. So back to the the grassroots. I mean, there's guys like a guy called Jimmy Richardson who was there when I was when I was amateur. He, he's still there now, and 
he's trained people for like 30 years yeah. and he's quiet and he doesn't want any recognition. Like if a newspaper comes, you'll not want to be on the newspaper. Right. He's just doing it. He works full time, finishes work, goes to the gym straight after mm-hmm. work and works with these young young lads or, or men or whoever yeah. to train them to amateur and then travels around on weekends mm-hmm. and all that. He's just dedicated just his full it. life. Yeah. To boxing to help yeah. other people. Yeah, I remember watching. I mean, you remember Chad Chadrick uh, Wiggle, the, oh, yeah. the UCLA coach. He's now in Bowling Green, Kentucky, actually, and he's a guy that I really admire. I mean, I learned a lot just with those early days. We we're talking about when you know we had to stay here till ten at night just because we had that club in here training. And I'd sit there and yeah. just watch him. I learned so much just yeah. from watching him. I remember we, I loved you it. used to sit at that desk yeah. and watch those UCLA. I just sit there and watch yeah. just his drills he would do. Yeah, and yeah. He was super passionate about it and. You know, he he'd get on the kids at times, but you could tell it was just because he really cared about him. Right. One of the, he has so much respect and and just admiration for the game. Uh, not, let's not call it a game, but for the sport, I guess, right. about boxing. Right. And and he wanted to pass that on, and that yeah. was, was you could see it. it just it, it came out, it oozed out of him. Mm-hmm. I loved it. I was super excited to watch him on the Monday, Wednesday, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, eight to ten. I was always sit there just, and just, just watch him. That's learning. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Did it for free, volunteer, yeah. the quality, and then I mean. The, the bad thing is being like the boys we are away from. Like I was away in, the, I think it was the ABA finals or semi finals, and uh, I won the tournament. And then Jimmy was sharing a room with Jimmy, and he went out and got drunk. Like one of the happiest days of his career. Imagine that. Yeah. One of the, I think the, I was the first guy ever to win the, the senior national championships for our boxing club. And he went out, got drunk and all, drunk and all that, and he came back in that night and we and we're just poured shit on him and pushed him up his nose and <laughs> totally fell off him and all that. But, that, but he was happy, you know, he yeah. was happy. Yeah. I, I've got loads of stories about shit, what we still. class. Um, and I always remember being warming up with him and this used to happen all the time when you're warming up before a fight in amateur boxing. You can hear your opponent, he's in the next room warming up and you just hear the <laughs> mitts just yeah. and you're like, fuck, I hope yeah. that's not my opponent. And then, yeah, you just you pull your everyone to your opponent, just smashing the shit out of the mitts. I remember a boxing one who was from uh, Prince Nazim. Did you ever remember Prince Nazim? Mm-hmm. From his old amateur boxing club, and he was doing all this fancy Mayweather, like but but Nazim right. mitt work. Just and he was just hands down, just smash, smash, smash. And I was like, oh no! And this was one of the first black eyes I boxed as well, yeah. which made it way more in, in, uh, in. I was way more intimidated. Right for some reason, just because he was black, you know, and I was like, fuck. So anyway, I, I boxed him, and I ended up stopping him in like two rounds, but... Isn't the, guess, this is the guy that you said was like, just shredded as well, just like muscle everywhere, and then no, like he, a huge six pack and all that shit, and then you ended up stopping him with a body shot. He was another one, <laughs> like, that's what another thing that you, that you realise in boxing, like, you can't judge a book by its cover. Yeah, muscles <laughs> don't win fights. Not at all. <laughs> Look at Tony Bellio. Right. You know? Yeah. Uh, Do you remember, I, I, I think I may have mentioned this on a previous podcast, but it, there was someone posted on Instagram recently, it showed Tyson Fury versus uh, Klitschko. Oh, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. Tyson Fury, fat belly, overweight. Mm-hmm. Klitschko ripped, beat Klitschko. David Hay ripped versus Tony Bellew. Tony Bellew fat, Tony Bellew beat David Hay. Yeah. Billy Joe Saunders against... Uh, Chris Eubank, yeah, ripped, fat, beat Chris Eubank. <laughs> Just a perfect example. It's mad, isn't it? Yeah. On, it's a, what's it about? It's about talent, hard, determination. Yeah, totally. The mental side of things. And one thing that I agree with Tony Bellew is what he always says, like, I don't train for aesthetics. I don't train to have good muscles. I don't mm-hmm. eat and train to have good muscles. I train to fight mm-hmm. 12 rounds and win. That's it. doesn't matter what I look like. That's what I train to do. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think there's a lot of UFC fighters that kind of look like shit too. Like look at the Diaz brothers. They don't. I mean, Mm -hmm. occasionally, but they don't. They're not the 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 most intimidating looking guys. But yeah, they they sure as hell can fight. Even uh, what's he called with the beard? Big country. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Roy Nelson. Him. It's like wow. He knocks everyone out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Well, let's wrap it up. Yeah. So just based off the last podcast when we talked about passive income, update on that. Hopefully everybody's been on Alibaba now and bought the golf iPhone cases that you told them to do. Took your advice. And I'm sure like now since you've listened to that podcast, everyone's making millions off passive income, right? Well, Leo, I've got iPhone a... cases with golf clubs on the back. <laughs> what are we talking about? <laughs> I'm talking about, I'm talking about ways of creating passive income. And I think a way of doing it is by getting a unique product. Like, and I used like an iPhone I used case the iPhone. Golf I used that as an example and put it on Amazon. Now have $1,000 in iPhone cases with golf clubs on rather than have a thousand dollars in the bank have it in have it in products on Amazon that sell automatically have the keywords on Amazon uh, solid so if someone someone's dad who's just got an iPhone who's in a golf once you know there's 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 uh, Kev's face. there's 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 out of there for it right <laughs> Kev, does that make sense or not are you, no, talk, are you saying it, like you bought the, the cases thing, at like a wholesale and now yes. you're okay all right, yeah, yeah. They, you're selling them now, so, now, now you now you've now you've got a thousand now you've got a thousand uh, now you've got a thousand iphone cases there you're making nine with golf clubs on yes with golf clubs on you're making <laughs> father's you're, day you're making nine dollars a pop now you've just made nine grand tell you what by doing by sleeping how yeah. about that and no. now i've got another now i've got another another <laughs> another way as well what i was thinking about this morning which i'm going to do i've just bought some of these uh sun i got the idea from ben greenfields some lights that's like daylight so everyone knows that you get vitamin D from the daylight, right? Yeah. The lights in my house has been pretty shit. So I found these lights on, on Amazon. That's like daylight, right? The, like boost vitamin D production. Yeah. They're you organic. Put them, you put them in your house. <laughs> I guess. So <laughs> grass-fed. Grass-fed. Organic grass-fed lights. Wild cord. <laughs> so here's the idea. You know, you know how you can get affiliates with Amazon? So you, you can... Yeah. You can uh, if, if you can send someone through this link you get a percentage of the sale. Yeah. Now, if I write a blog on how I've spent $16 on these light bulbs, right, that's given me more energy in the morning, making us wake up better, mm-hmm. who's not going to buy them? And then I see it, and I see it, listen, these light bulbs this are, are like, quality. Right. Buy them from Amazon. He's in my blog, read me blog with great keywords. Yeah. Someone clicks on, this is better than the, uh, the golf club cases, by the way. Yeah, this, this <laughs> sounds better straight And then, then someone will be like, $16, Tony said it's changed his life. Tony's a nice guy. I trust Tony. Boom. Yeah, boom. Sixteen dollars. You know yeah. what I mean? If they trust you, which nearly everyone does, <laughs> apart from here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then, and like another thing, I've just I've just bought some uh, thread, uh, like they're like fifteen hundred thread count bed sheets. Mm-hmm. These are the best bed sheets in the world. I'll, I'll send you both the link. It'll not be affiliate. Do you know so. what? You've got too much money and too much time on your hands. <laughs> too <laughs> much on, Amazon. <laughs> Or is it just down to that Amazon addiction where you want a package on your front door that we've talked about? Yeah, yeah. want to do it all the time. But listen, though, this, this makes sense. We're talking about passive income here. Oh, yeah, yeah, if I, if you, I write a blog about these bed, bed sheets, who doesn't want to sleep better at night? Who doesn't yeah. want to have more comfortable? Who doesn't want to have better sex? Who doesn't want to have it, little baby girls? It comes down to how well you market it. Right? Yeah, mm. but, but which it's, it's easy. Yeah. Listen, these bed sheets are $35. If you went to fucking Target and bought them, they're $60. He's, he's the link to Amazon here. Yeah. Buy them. Who's not going to buy them? No, I'm, no. I mean, the, the, the money that I'm making is buttons. Mm. 
it's not going to be much. It might but if be you do it with dollars. 20 items, it might do something. Do, do it with 20 items and yeah. you're getting 100 people each item and then you, that, that builds. Now, that's, that's kind of passive income. It's, it's not passive income because you've got to do the work. You've got to buy the product and test it. But if you can build the trust up in people, this is all that Tim Farris does, yeah. ben, uh, ben Greenfield, yeah. and a ton of other people, yeah. influencers, influencers. Affiliate marketing. Right? Affiliate mm-hmm. marketing. Yeah. You make so much, so yeah. much money. I think the biggest thing about passive income is investing. And that's exactly what, if you relate what you're talking about into, you're investing, you're investing some time, but you're also investing in a product that you believe in. Now you've invested in that product. Now let me go tell all my followers about it because they trust me and believe in my opinion. So I think yeah. it's, it's all about investment. And really with the, with the light bulbs, they're all legit. And with the bed sheets, they're all legit. So I'm not being a, a creepy salesman. I'm, right. I'm, this is going to help bring, bring quality to your life. Yeah. By spending a little bit of money. Yeah, yeah. As long as what you're getting involved with is credible and valid and and it's 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 legitimate, you know, yeah. then then definitely. But it was just funny last week or the, on the last podcast when you go, oh, he's out, he out to create a passive income. Go on Alibaba.com and buy his iPhone golf <laughs> click, iPhone case with golf clubs on. It just sounds ridiculous. Well, there you are, guys. That's it. We left you with that. We left you with a way to earn money. Start writing blogs. Just start fucking pulling your socks up and using but, your brain but on a serious point if anyone is interested in, in getting involved with that stuff and they're taking your advice on this shit and going out and trying to set up affiliate stuff with Amazon or whatever it is they're doing send us like results or stuff you're working on or case studies or any look you've had with it I'd love to hear some feedback on, on people trying this stuff out yeah definitely definitely thank you for listening to the Boxing Life podcast make sure you leave us a review on iTunes and subscribe to the show. Yeah. By the way, the best bed sheets you can get are satin. The best. Oh, you've just been yeah. googling. I forgot the word. <laughs> <laughs> satin sheets. It's the best investment I've made. All right. Yeah. Leave us your Sleep thoughts like on the baby. on the Pacquiao Horn fight on the Boxing Life Instagram page as well. It'll be interesting to see what people think of it. Till next time. We'll see you later. Thanks. Yeah.